Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, you may have noticed that uh, we've had a slight change around here at 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. So rather than each edition of Environment Matters being broadcast on Wednesday evening, then being repeated on Sunday morning, from now on, the show will first go out on Sunday morning and be repeated on a Wednesday evening. It shouldn't really make that make that much difference for you, but the podcast will be available shortly after the Sunday show. Now, coming up later, butterflies needs us. It's time again for the big butterfly count. Now, last week, we heard how the inspirational Kate Cody lives almost waste-free. And she made the point that recycling was the last of her waste avoidance strategies. Reduce and reuse were right up there instead. And charity shops play a key role here, finding homes for things that we no longer want, helping us find the things that we need without draining the world's resources by buying new, as well as being an economical choice when cash is tight. And of course, raising money for brilliant causes at the same time. But for months now, they have been shut. Now, like other shops, they are gradually reopening and the Oxfam on Hatfield Road in Fleetville is right up at the front of the race to reopen. I spoke to store manager Elton. Elton, thank you for joining me on the line there. So what have you had to change at um, Oxfam Fleetville in order to open again? I've noticed that your shop has been open for a little while now, way ahead of some other shops. Yep, we've, uh, well... I've been back now for almost three weeks. This is our third week since trade. Um, I was here a couple of weeks previous just trying to get the shop ready, getting the PPE ready, getting the hazard tape down, sanitizer in place, making sure the back rooms, uh, the social distancing measures put in place there. So it was quite a tough couple of weeks getting everything ready you know, to reopen and so on. Um, and here we are. We've reopened. We've had to put uh, strict measures in as far as like donations we're putting an appointment system in uh so we're accepting donations between the hours of 9 and 11 on a wednesday and 9 11 on a friday uh you have to call the book an appointment now because we're just getting overloaded with stuff uh the other thing is we're limited on staff at the moment because a lot of people are still shielding um so that's actually you know until they come back it's slowed down the operation we did have a team about 40 volunteers we're now down to about 13 14 so you know we are crying out for help at the moment um yeah, that's pretty much the situation here. Okay, so how about changes within the shop? Have you had to make restrictions on how many people you can have in the shop at once? Yeah, that's right. We've uh, we've got a limit of three people, so when one leaves the shop, another one can enter. So that's been put in place. Um, there is hazard tape around the shop, like guidelines, you know, to keep yourself safe. You just follow the guidelines around the shop, the hazard tape. There's like little arrows on the floor, and they point you into the direction to travel around. And you can actually move, you know, quite fluidly around the shop okay. with no problems there. Okay. Um, and Elton, just to, so in in some shops, I've heard in bookshops, for example, once you if you if you touch a book, you then have to, um, you know, sort of put it onto a, a shelf where it'll be left for a little while. Are, are we allowed to touch things in the Oxfam shop? And how about the safety of secondhand things? Have you had any guidance on that? Right, we have. We um, What we're doing now is, because of the appointment system, we've got two hours of donations coming in. Now, as soon as that stuff comes in, that goes automatically into a quarantine bay. Uh, 
Now, that stuff's not touched for probably about three days now, about 72 hours. I think Oxfam did reduce it to 48, but we're sticking with the 72 here at the shop. Um, so everything is quarantined. We've got four quarantine bays in the shop, got a huge shed at the back. Um, so we can take quite a lot of stuff in the shed, but the three sorting pens in the back room, they're limited to what we can actually take in. So, you know, everything's been quarantined. Uh, so anything that goes out onto the shop floor, is I mean, most of the stuff in the shop has been quarantined a lot longer because we have uh, a stock room upstairs where we've had stock up there for some time. So we're actually bringing that stock down at the moment. Now, all we're asking customers is, is to sanitise your hands. You must sanitise your hands before you come into the shop. And if people touch things, at least their hands are clean there, you know, so there's no there's no risk there. Now, the government are introducing face coverings. I think that's been made compulsory on the 24th. So we'll be following those guidelines and we'll be making sure that all our customers who come into the shop wear masks and they sanitise before they come in. OK, so it sounds like you're doing what you can do to make sure it's quite a safe experience um, there yeah, at Fleetwood To, re- to reduce the risk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK. Um, and how about now, you've said um, that a lot of your staff are shielding. A lot of the people who help in Oxfam shops are um, a, a little bit older. So are you yeah. looking for younger volunteers to, to come forward and help? Yeah, I would really appreciate anybody at the moment, you know, because we are, we, we are ticking by, we're open, um, we, we're always looking for volunteers, but in this difficult time, we really do need some help. Okay. And how about, you said donations, it sounds like you're up to your eyeballs in donations, but is there anything I'm, in particular yeah. you need? Uh, we're looking for like toys, uh, CDs, DVDs, that kind of thing. Um, I've got plenty of clothing because last year during the autumn winter um, season, we were taking a lot of spring summer clothing. So that was bagged up and that's been put up. I've probably got about 200 bags of spring summer clothing Ooh. waiting to come out. Um, so at the moment this afternoon, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting some bags down. I'm going to start getting that okay. onto hangers, get that steamed up. And that'll so be you're very busy there. And, and, yeah. of, and of course, you know, whilst the Oxfam shops do great work, um, you know, recycling our stuff and providing some really good price stuff for people who yeah. you know who, who are trying to make ends meet but of course also you're raising funds for the great work that Oxfam does have you That's had right, any yeah. sort of indication about you know the sort of um the requirements for funds and how how much needed they are every penny is needed every penny is needed at the moment you know um all I can say is just donate to Oxfam. That's all I can say. OK, well, that's a great message to finish with. Elton, thank you very much indeed for, for telling no us problem. about that. No problem at all. Thank you. And Elton added a really big thank you to all of the volunteers who are volunteering at the Oxfam shop at the moment and to everyone who has made donations and also to everyone for their continued support. He he really is very grateful. And he confirmed that even if you can only volunteer for a few hours a week for the next few months, perhaps because you're a student or you've been furloughed, then your help would be really, really appreciated. Now, I hadn't heard that the Oxfam bookshop had been broken into and trashed by vandals. Um, So I'm sending all best wishes to manager Hilary and her team who are working hard to tidy up and sort everything out. And of course, other charity shops are also opening now and would love your help and custom. And if you have donations, then do check before arriving, as I've noticed that many have specific days for bringing in donations um, as they're a bit snowed under just at the moment. But I'm sure they'll love your donations eventually. Uh, Now, Plastic Free July continues and Sustainable St Albans' next meeting will be a Zoom meeting um, at 7.30 on Thursday, the 30th of July. um, And it's going to be a chance to um, 
uh, chat and share your tips on Plastic Free July. Um, Go armed with your tips to share and find out more details on the Sustainable St Albans website. And I'll have more tips for you next week when I'll be talking to writer, blogger, festival organiser and social media success, Jen Gale. She'll be talking about her Make Do and Mend Year and why she created the concept of sustainable-ish. Let's flutter outside now. This year's Big Butterfly Counts finds us in a different place. To tell me more, I spoke to Malcolm Hull of Hearts and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation. Malcolm, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So what's the theme of this year's Big Butterfly Count? Well, I think it's a celebration of uh, coming out of lockdown, really. We've, um, we've all been a bit uh, tied up in our, in our homes and gardens for the last, uh, last few months. And, and probably, if, like me, you might have seen quite a few butterflies in the garden. But now, more opportunities to get out and about into the countryside, into the park. And uh, we're really keen to, to know what you see. There's a good scientific reason for having a big butterfly count. Um, the data that you gather is, um, is really important to us in, in helping to save butterflies and, and, and help build their populations. Okay, so butterfly count is important. Um, how do we take part in it? Right. Well, the best place to start it's all it's all um, online this this year. Um, those of you that have had forms in previous year won't find find us distributing printed forms. So, if you go to our website, which is bigbutterflycount all as one word dot org, that's the the best place to get started. Or you can download it download the Big Butterfly Count app. Um, it's a different app than than last year. So if 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 you're like me, you might find that one app mysteriously turns into a different one. Um, others, I think, might need to download it um, a, a second time. Um, but once you've done that, the, it contains the uh, the fairly simple instructions. You need to to go and find a sunny spot. Um, can be in your garden, could be in the park, could be could be anywhere really, um, and count the different butterflies you see uh, for a f- period of fifteen minutes um, on on the website and the app. There there are species identification sheets which will help you to identify which which butterflies and and indeed a few of the day flying moths that are included in the count. Um, and then you just fill in the online form and uh, let us know what you've seen. Okay, well, I mean that 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 sounds simple enough. Um, so I mean, it actually sounds particularly for a lot of it's electronic. The kind of thing that might appeal to kids off school, in your experience, do they like that sort of thing? Yeah, I think kids are fascinated by butterflies and indeed caterpillars. I think probably second only to dinosaurs as um, items <laughs> yes. of interest for eight-year-olds. But we we do get a lot of interest for from those age groups and. Um, I think it's a, it's an ideal entry point for them into into nature. Um, you know, yeah. lots of things. I mean, this is proper citizen science, isn't it? As you say, it's not uh, it's not just for fun. Actually, it is it is valuable research, really. Absolutely, and we we're always learning new things about butterflies and their behaviour. Some some of you will recall my uh, TV program in the spring about uh, hibernating butterflies in my shed, um, and in fact, there are, there are some in there already. But only a few so far, so I think there'll still be plenty to count out and about when the big butterfly count starts, which is um, on Friday the seventeenth. Well, so um, 
is there anything particular that you think we might see? Anything particularly nice? Have butterflies been doing well at the moment, actually? Yeah, I think butterflies have been doing very well. They've uh, they've taken advantage of the, the the several warm, sunny months of lockdown. Um, you know, when when the weather's like that, then it helps um, the caterpillars to go through their their life cycle quickly. And if they do it quickly, then there's much less chance they'll be gobbled up by a bird during during the process. So we're expecting there'll be some some pretty good numbers of butterflies around um, this summer. We're already seeing quite a lot um, out and about. Uh, in in my garden at lunchtime, I had uh, three peacocks, uh, a red admiral, a comma. Uh, a couple of large whites, a couple of small whites, and the meadow brown. So six species in um, what was only about five minutes of sunshine. Um, yeah. So there's obviously quite a few just waiting to come out when the weather weather improves. Yeah, well, brilliant. Well, so uh, apart from your garden, which just appears to be quite a butterfly hotspot, where locally would you recommend if we want to see lots of butterflies? Well, I think any 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 park is a is a good place to start. Um, you know, somewhere where there's uh, grass that isn't all mown, um, nice nice lots of flowers. I suppose the the hot spots locally for butterflies are places like uh, Hartwood Forest, uh, No Man's Land Common, Bricketwood Common, Coney Heath, um, Ellenbrook Fields. They're all they're all lovely spots to visit anyway, and I'm sure a lot of lots of your listeners will will already been there. But at this time of year, they should be heaving with butterflies um, and ideal places to to go to to do the big butterfly count. Indeed, and, and just one more thing. I mean, there's quite a few people facing uncertain futures at the minute. Um, a lot of mental health issues. That there has shown to be a bit of a connection between doing things like watching butterflies and improvements in mental health, hasn't there? Um, would you recommend that for you know people facing uncertain futures? Yeah, definitely. I think I think there's a strong link between um, being out in the countryside with nature and uh, and having good mental health. Uh, having having a busy job in the city. Uh, well, I used to up until um, a couple of months ago. And now I've <laughs> yes. got a busy job in my in my, in my home office, but uh, I've always found it very good for relaxing. Um, I mean, it it can become. Uh, a fairly obsessive hobby and and some people have um, questioned my sanity with the amount of time I spend looking at butterflies but uh, as long as you keep it in moderation I think it's uh, it could be very good for you. Yeah, lovely well that's a nice thought to end on. Um, Malcolm thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us. Thanks Amanda. And whilst you're out looking at butterflies, you might also like to help with a bit of citizen science to help bees. To record your sightings of bumblebees and other wildlife, go to the iRecord webpage. If possible, include a photo of the bumblebee that you've seen to allow the iRecord experts to verify your sighting. Or alternatively, if you've got a photo of a bumblebee, but you don't know which bumblebee species it is, then you can upload it to the Bee Watch website and use their bee watch tool and one of their experts will identify it for you so that's the iRecord and bee watch websites and like butterflies bees do indeed need all the help they can get and they're getting lots of help from the Wilderhood Watch. You'll recall that I spoke to Nadia from the Wilderhood Watch back in April when she explained how they were giving away free sunflower seeds for everyone to plant in their gardens or outdoor space during lockdown. Well, lots of green-fingered local people took up the challenge and their sunflowers are now coming into bloom, ready to be visited by bees and other pollinators and to be enjoyed by us. Um, Nadia's put lots of photos of everyone's 
sunflowers on the Wilderhood Watch web webpage. And if you took seeds and your sunflowers are now blooming, then Nadia would love to share photos of your sunflowers too. If you go to the Wilderhood Watch webpage, you'll find more information there. And the Wilderhood Watch sprang into action this week when a hedgehog was found wandering on Lancaster Road in the middle of the day. Healthy hedgehogs are nocturnal, so if you find a hedgehog out in the day, it's usually an indication that something is up. Well, London Colney Hedgehog Rescue Volunteer Jill took the little fella in to check him out and discovered that he had a chest infection, a lot of ticks and an enormous appetite. He's now being treated for his chest infection and should be out in our gardens munching through those pesky slugs and snails again very, very soon. Now, it's always good to hear from you. Do get in touch. I'm at Twitter at RV underscore Environment or the Environment Matters um, Facebook pages, Environment Matters. Or you can drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVerilum.com. Perhaps if you've got a comment about the show or ideas that you'd like me to cover. I will be back at the same time next week when I will, as I say, be talking to author of Sustainablish, Jen Gale. Until then... Thank you for listening.